Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. 
I've won and lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I'd love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Monday morning, St. Louis and all points northeast, south, and west. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you in the window world, stl-cars.com, Kings Court on kevinslaytonshow.com. This is where you come to hear the live show every single morning, Monday through Friday, 7 and 9 Central Daylight Time, and you'll get a good dose of the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. That's what we do here. And you're free to join us at 636-538-0746. 538-0746. I think as we start the week on the day that the liberals created, that's why we hate Monday so much, so vehemently, so voraciously, so passionately, we should all offer our prayers for that family who lost everyone in that private plane crash outside of Washington, D.C. last night. I saw the statement by the... Uh, Mother of the daughter who died and her two-year-old daughter, so that would be her granddaughter. And she said, my entire family is gone, my daughter, my granddaughter. I can only imagine that grief, and I hope I never feel it. Because if I do, that would probably be the end for me. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. So we pray for that grandmother and for everyone connected with that family that they somehow find the strength to go on. I don't know how they will. It would have to be God-given. Certainly we can't do anything to help a family like in, the, in that kind of dire straits. Unbelievable. It sounds like, from the preliminary reports, very similar to the kind of plane crash that took the life of Payne Stewart, the golfer, where the private jet lost oxygen and everybody was pretty much dead on board before the plane ever crashed. And then it runs out of fuel and goes down. Scared the Washington, D.C., and the F-16s were scrambled. And uh, it was not, of course, an enemy flight. It was simply some folks on a private plane. So our prayers go out to them this morning and to the family that is left behind. Very tragic. Sober reminder of how fragile life is, isn't it? Very sober. How many people have died in these private plane crashes? Good grief. I don't know what's going on with those. John Kennedy Jr., of course, the most famous, Payne Stewart right behind him. This family out for, I I suppose, either taking a trip or taking a nice flight on a nice Sunday afternoon. It's unbelievable. So we pray for them, and we mourn for them today, everywhere, I hope. Maybe the people running for president could take a moment to pause and pray for them. I'm not so sure, though. As I mentioned, our phone lines are always open, 636-538-0746. All kinds of activity over the weekend. Of course, the Cardinals disgraced themselves again for a weekend. Remember the 
crying and the caterwauling by especially the Cardinal broadcasters and most inauspiciously Brad Thompson, or most auspiciously, I should say. This guy whined and cried. Oh, the Cardinals played 18 straight days. And boy, they're so tired. That's why they're so pathetic. And yet not one player on that team played 18 straight days. We know that. And even if they had, it's baseball, dude. It isn't hard physically. It's very hard skill-wise, but it isn't hard physically. Unless you're a catcher. Pitchers get every fifth. They pitch every fifth day, so they get five, four days off in between. The rest of the players never run. I'd rather watch the College World Series where players actually run out of the batter's box when they hit a ball. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? But that's the way it is. And it's kind of sickening, really. And so here you come into the 18 days off, and you get two or 18 days on. You get two straight days off. No baseball team ever has two straight days off during the course of the season, but the Cardinals were gifted with those. And so Friday before the game, Brad Thompson tells everybody, hey, this team is refreshed. I could see it in the locker room. You could tell by their attitudes. They're ready to go. They thought they were going to get in for an easy sweep of Pittsburgh. Turned out Pittsburgh swept them. Cardinals blow a 5 to nothing lead on Friday and lose. Blow a one to nothing lead on Saturday and lose. And lose again yesterday. To the Pirates. The Cardinals now firmly ensconced with the worst record in the National League in last place in the worst division in Major League Baseball. They scored five runs Friday, three runs Saturday, one run yesterday, and Bill DeWitt III told me two weeks ago the Cardinals have a great lineup. It's unbelievable. Three, uh, five hits yesterday, three were singles. They had a double and a home run. That's it. Another Ulfer day for Nolan Arenado after his crucial fielding error on Saturday cost the Cardinals the game. So Arenado is not distinguished himself. He certainly hasn't earned the money he's making. The only good thing about him is he doesn't mouth off much, but he doesn't hustle either. So Arenado, you're an embarrassment. The entire organization's an embarrassment. I can't imagine that anybody would go down and see a Cardinal game. I can't imagine. I would have a fleet of psychiatrists down there outside of Bush Stadium just off, just giving your cards out to everybody who enters the stadium. And on the card, I would not only list my name and my practice and my phone number, but I would ask a question, what the F is wrong with you people? Why would you support this nonsense? You know, it's like continuing to support a cheating husband. You keep saying, well, he'll do better next time. No, he won't. And neither will the Cardinals. Now, they've been pulling this little stunt for quite a while now. As I've mentioned to Bill DeWitt III, you've lost your last eight playoff games, eight postseason games. So the Cardinals haven't been any good in a long time. And they've played in the worst division in baseball for years now. And this is what you get. A, game, a team 10 games over 500, under 500 that would have to win 60 of their last 102 games in order to just win 85, and that might get them the, the third wild card, the second wild card, the fifth wild card, the tenth wild card, whatever it is these days in baseball. But it's an embarrassing moment, and it's pathetic. And Cardinal history is being written, and it isn't written in a good way. And yet the arrogant, pompous asses down at the Cardinal organization do Nothing. Nothing. That is the ultimate middle finger to Cardinal fans who supported this team for decades. You're getting the middle finger from management saying, back off. 
We know what we're doing. Yuck, yuck. Not one move to go out there and try to find pitching in the offseason. Of course, it's too late now. Nobody's going to give you their pitchers now. Maybe at the trade deadline. But right now, the Cubs have three of the top starting pitchers in baseball, including two of the top five in earned run average. Those are the Cubs. And their third guy is right there, too, Smiley. Stroman, Steele, and Smiley. All three are better than any pitcher the Cardinals have. And they're much better than any pitcher the Cardinals have. Tonight, the Cardinals go to Texas, the hottest team in baseball. They're bludgeoning people. They won, I think, 16-3 to or something yesterday. And they go down to Texas to play the Rangers with that lineup that the Rangers have against Adam Wainwright. That ought to be funny. I would say hide the women and children, keep them out of the bleachers because they could be under assault when the Rangers are batting. But, of course, it's just like the Cardinals. They'll go down there and beat the Rangers and tell you how great they are. <laughs> it's amazing. That's what happened a few weeks ago. They went into Boston and swept Boston and told you, hey, it's all turned around. We're fine. We're great. They won't sweep Texas. So we'll switch off of that now because that just gets everybody's blood rising if there are Cardinal fans out there, and there's plenty of them. And we'll get into what we've got today. You remember Biden fell last week, and, of course, the media is protecting him, as they always are. We we have Sean Hannity bragging about what a workout fiend he is and that he would never fall, and that if he did, he'd be able to get up. This shows you why I can't stomach watching a lot of Fox News, especially Hannity. Biden, of course, will give us more evidence as to why the fall is only the least of his problems. He then went on national television Friday night and lied some more. The black racists in the liberal side of the lunatic equation, the black racists are now calling DeSantis George Wallace. (laughs) I know it is kind of funny. It really is. That includes the president of the National Urban League. What does anybody know what the National Urban League does? They do anything? Any black people in our audience that are listening, please tell us what the National Urban League does for you. Probably about the same as the Democratic Party does for you. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Anna Paulina Luna is a congresswoman. Way to hear what she's doing to make Adam Schiff accountable. A young children's choir was stopped from singing the national anthem in the Capitol building by the Capitol Police. You're going to hear that story. Christopher Ray is finally going to let James Comey and Chuck Grassley view a document. We don't know how heavily redacted it's going to be. He's going to bring it over to the Capitol Hill, but that's not replying to the subpoena. That isn't what the subpoena asked. And you'll hear Jamie Raskin, the liberal freak psychopath on the January 6th, a corruption committee, lie some more. He's a he's a born liar. The Jewish faith ought to be ashamed that you have a liar of that magnitude among your ranks. He is a pathetic liar. Just like Christians are ashamed everywhere of Joe Biden and Bill Clinton, who claims to be a Christian, yuck, yuck. Biden claims to be a Catholic. But the Jewish people ought to call Raskin out too. 
Victor Davis Hanson will tell us what we should be paying attention to when it comes to the deficit. You'll hear from an actor, a black actor by the name of Isaiah Washington. He was in Grey's Anatomy, if you recall. He'll warn us all. He was once a Democrat. He has now left the Democratic Party and will warn us all that if there aren't paper ballots, don't count them. Don't use machines. It's gotten so bad from this gay community that now they're using Sesame Street to indoctrinate kids. You're going to hear evidence of that. Up Chuck Todd announced his resignation from Meet the Press. Gee, I wonder how that happened. Of course, Chad's, uh, Chad, I ought to call him Chad. Chuck Todd spun it so that he's somehow leaving because he's such a family man. And he's just not spending enough time with his family. Tear, 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 tear. But that he is going to stay around and educate and teach his colleagues because he's the guru, of course, of political broadcasting. Chuck Todd raised the level of lying on television to an all-time high. He's a disgrace to television news. But he wants you to think that somehow his leaving was, first of all, his decision. And secondly, he's been so good at what he's done, it's hard to leave. We're going to revisit Joan Rivers. She's dead now, but we're going to hear what she had to say about the Obamas not too many years ago. And we'll see if you think it's true. And then Greg Gutfeld will take us to a funny place, and I think you'll enjoy that as well. But before we go any further, our good friends at Window World, boy, we haven't had any rain. I I thought some areas like Clayton got hit hard yesterday, but it was spotty. But if you've got windows that are perhaps a problem, you look no further than Window World, please, because I'm please begging you, it'll help you. It helped me. I always share what helps me with everybody. And all I did was call Window World, 314-993-1800, when hail broke through my windows. 314-993-1800. They came out to my house, gave me a free in-home estimate, which is what they'll do for you, and they proved to me that they're simply the best for less. That's right, less. The best for less. Let me prove it to you. If you get Window World windows, and by the way, they come with a full lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. So there's the best part. They use double-strength glass in their windows. There's the best part. Now, the less part, if you buy the same amount of Window World windows, the same windows as the competition, you will pay one-third of the price that you'd pay for the competition's windows. Same windows, same amount of windows. One-third the price. So they are the best for less. They've proven it. They're also the preferred window of the Blues and the official window of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Window World offers 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit. I saw my utility bills go down when I got Window World windows, and that was welcomed. Why? Because the the, the hot air doesn't go out in the winter and let the cool air in, and the cool air stays inside in the summer and doesn't let the hot air in. And my air conditioner and my furnace don't run 24-7. 314-993-1800. That is Window World. Well, ask and ye receive, and ye shall receive. Here's what the Urban League claims it does. So let's see here. Their vision on their website says, 
Every American child is ready for college, work, and life. Ooh, that's awfully moving. Under the jobs, their vision is every American has access to jobs with a living wage and good benefits. That's their vision. On housing, their vision is every American lives in safe, decent, affordable, and energy-efficient housing on fair terms. It's all just nonsensical bullshit, isn't it? That's the Urban League. It's a joke. An absolute joke. Wow. Sickening. So let's get to the fall. Although, one one postscript on the Cardinals. I have a friend of mine who uh, recently went uh, down to a game because he got free tickets and took his grandkids down there. $200 on the grandkids for stuff that would have probably cost $70 elsewhere. Not to mention you spend $20, $30 for parking. That's with free tickets. So you spend about three $400 with free tickets. <laughs> what a racket. I'm telling you, what an effing racket baseball is. And it's the dullest sport there is. It's unwatchable. The Cardinals are extremely unwatchable. But baseball all around is unwatchable. The stupid plays you see, I don't know if you saw that Red Sox video yesterday, where a guy hit a simple ground ball to second base, but because they had the shift on, which they claim is illegal, but they still do it, the ball rolls harmlessly into right center field, where it's picked up by an outfielder who makes a bad throw home, allowing a runner to score. The catcher tries to nail somebody at second base and throws it into center field. Meanwhile, the center fielder is over in right field where he went to get the base hit, so the ball keeps rolling. The guy who hit the ground ball to second base circles the bases. You don't see that in Little League, but you see it in the major leagues now. So Biden fell last Thursday, another embarrassing fall. They claim he tripped over a sandbag, and I was I kept thinking, what's a sandbag doing on the stage? Did somebody try an assassination attempt because they knew if they left a sandbag there, Biden would trip and maybe break his neck? Was that the, the goal? No, it turns out they say now, and who knows if it's true, that the sandbag was there to anchor his teleprompter. Well, I've never seen that before either. So my question would be, what kind of teleprompter do you have? I I don't understand that. Can't you nail the teleprompter to the makeshift stage? I mean, you are the federal government and you are the United States Air Force. But the, the other question would be then, what is he doing walking next to the teleprompter? if the sandbag was on the teleprompter leg to anchor it down. Most of us, when we do trip and fall, don't need three people to pick us up. Biden did. But when the little black lesbian, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked about that, rather than talk about him falling and the clear worry that people have about a feeble president who can't even walk off of a stage for the umpteenth time, can't stay on his bicycle, can't walk up the staircase to Air Force One. That's been four falls just on that staircase, walking up, not walking down. When she was asked about the fall, she lectured everybody on why Biden was there. Just remind everybody what the president uh, 
you know, was uh, in Colorado Springs for yesterday. He was there uh, to uh, to offer um, uh, his thanks to the dedicated brave women and um, men and women who are graduating and, and about to serve uh, in the Air Force. And he was proud, very proud, uh, to shake the hands of more than 900 of them uh, beforehand. So I just want to make sure that we are aware as Commander-in-Chief, that is why he was there, and he was incredibly proud to do so. Uh, and just to just you know make sure we clear the record here, he tripped over uh, a, ba a sandbag on the stage, and b briefly he tripped and got up, and he he got got right back up and continued uh, continued what he was there to do. He got right back up. He had three people help him up. He briefly tripped. She said, "How do you briefly trip? Aren't all trips brief in their duration? You trip, you hit the deck, you're back up. By its very nature, a trip is brief. It's a brief encounter." But he tripped briefly, she said, just briefly, because we don't want you to think it was a real trip. It was a brief trip, as opposed to a lengthy trip. Now, reports are that he was supposed to exit the stage the other side, therefore perhaps avoiding the deadly sandbag. But he didn't. Biden, of course, who shakes hands with invisible people, who can't figure out how to get off of a stage multiple times, apparently made another mistake in getting off of a stage and tripped over the deadly sandbag, planted, no doubt, by MAGA Republicans. I think that's what it was. In fact, it was a MAGA Republican sandbag. That's what Greg Gutfeld said it was. A MAGA Republican sandbag. Not just any sandbag, he said. <laughs> and, of course, the media couldn't wait to pounce on it and claim that it was nothing, of course, a brief trip, but nothing, even though they excoriated President Trump when he moved slowly down a wet, slick ramp with dress shoes on and slick sh uh, shoe soles and acted as though he belonged in the hospital. He didn't fall, by the way. He just moved slowly down the ramp. They acted as though he was losing his mind, and health-wise, he was finished. But here's what they said about Biden's brief trip, starting with the lunatic Joy Reid. Remember, it's everyone's fault except Joe Biden's. It's the advanced team or whoever's fault that they put a sandbag in front of them. I, I trip in my own house. I mean, it's not easy. Same, same. I don't want to have a fall, but if I do, I hope I get up as good as he did. It's not some sort of uh, ominous talisman about his medical condition. The president, you know, appears to be in pretty good physical condition. Bruce Springsteen took a fall. He was uh, uh, on his uh, back for quite a bit longer than the president today. The president appears to be in good physical condition, appears to be by what standard? I mean, honestly, who could say that? You could love Biden, and you're a complete asshat if you think he appears to be in good physical condition. These people are mentally sick. They'll make any excuse for a pathetic, feeble, feeble-minded, feeble-bodied, man who suffers from a seriously aggressive form of dementia. Now, for his part, Sean Hannity claims it would never happen to him because, after all, he works out a lot. Now, I work out every day, and, you know, I'm doing hundreds of push-ups every day and a lot of sit-ups every day as well. And, you know, getting up is, even with a, a bum knee with a meniscus tear a, a year and a half ago, you know what? Um, I can get up on my own, first shot, don't need three people to pull me up. How could anybody watch that guy? 
I mean, he is the most arrogant, pompous, insecure jackass I've ever heard in my life. He is the sycophant of sycophants for President Trump. It's actually sickening to listen to him. I would imagine Trump probably gets sick of it, too. Don't you get sick of some loser fawning over you, foaming at the mouth every time you walk by? But he wants you to know he works out. He wants you to know several times throughout the course of his show that he is a uh, martial arts guy. Don't know if expert's the right word. And the fact that he dates Ainsley Earhart tells you that his choice in women is to the stupid side. But he works out. So, of course, that would never happen to him. As far as the guy who says that Biden appears physically fine, I'm, I'm assuming the liberals also think he's mentally fine. But here's Biden untethered. Energy Agency recently concluded that our significant climate investment will, quote, help turbocharge the emerging the, the, the excuse me turbo turbocharge the emerging global clean energy clean energy economy. I was reading their quote. Sorry. I was reading their quote. Sorry. <laughs> he always gives that. <laughs> Anybody be able to follow that? So he was reading their quote. That's the problem, their quote, not him. Not him not being able to read, not him being able to speak. It was their statement that was somehow in error. That's the way he made it sound. Because after all, as Joy Reid said, it was the advanced person's fault for putting that sandbag there. Okay. Of course, she has no idea who put the sandbag there. My guess is it had nothing to do with an advanced man. But she doesn't know. She just wants to scramble to find an excuse for why Biden can't walk off of a stage. She said she trips in her house. I have no doubt that that's true. I got news for everybody. It's the constant tripping, the constant shaking invisible hands, the constant being lost trying to exit a stage. That's the issue. And you're president of the United States. You're not some guy walking down the street. It hardly shows the rest of the world that we have a strong person in charge. We have a guy who has one calamity after another physically and mentally. So if you thought that untethered comment was bad, he now thinks he took over the White House four years ago. We're all in a much more fiscally responsible course than the one I inherited when I took office four years ago. When I came to office, the deficit had increased every year the previous four years. And nearly $8 trillion were added to the national debt in the last administration. And now we're turning things around. And that's good for America. You know, my dad used to have an expression. He said, Joey, don't tell me what you value. Show me your budget. I'll tell you what you value. That's at the heart of this debate. What do we value? Yeah, your budget wants 87,000 more IRS workers, you jackass. So tell daddy that Joey wants to F every American citizen who works hard for a living. Good grief, this guy is a fraud. Joey? I think his dad was a lunatic, too. All this advice that his dad supposedly gave to Joey that Joey tells us about, it's all nonsense. Joey, show us what you care about by showing us your budget. Then we'll know what you care about. Well, if Daddy did say that to Joey, Joey has showed us eminently what he cares about. And it isn't you, black people. I got news for you. 
It isn't you, all minorities. It isn't you, women. It isn't you, Joe Taxpayer. It's Ukraine. He loves Ukraine. That's for his that's what he values. Ukraine. And he loves screwing us over. He loves giving a, a park to name after Michelle Obama. Remember that was in one of his bills. Yep, we see what's in your bill, Joey. Thanks for telling us to look so that we'll know what you value. Just understand if you're an American citizen, he doesn't value you. But he does value illegal citizens. He gives them free shit all the time. Free transportation, free housing, free food, free cell phones. Do you pay for your cell phone every month? I think most people do. But illegal aliens don't. So we know what Joey values. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Go ahead and look through the bills that have passed since he's been in office for four years. And the media just dismisses that and doesn't say a word about it. It's gotten beyond being funny. It's flagrantly scary for this country. I can't imagine the plans being hatched internationally against us. That doesn't mean they're going to attack us militarily. But they're taking advantage of us in every possible way, from trade deficits to technology, to AI, you name it, the rogue countries are feasting on our ineptitude. And make no mistake, we are in a position where we've never been before because of our mental incompetence in leadership. I use that term loosely, leadership. These people aren't leaders, they're losers. Biden was talking to a group of teachers and the pedophile in him came out loudly and clearly for everyone to hear. And yet the people in this audience, teachers, thought it was funny. You hear these comments and then you tell me if you think this is funny. Guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. (laughs) We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway... This woman helped me get an awful lot done. At any rate. Now, that was a group of teachers. He recognized a, a former friend of his, that he, I guess acquaintance of his, I don't know if it's friend, but a teacher that he sounded like he had a sexual relationship with when she was 12 and he was 30. That's what it sounded like to me. Is there any other explanation for those comments? She helped me get a lot done? How many 12-year-olds help a 30-year-old get a lot done unless it's some sort of perverted sexual behavior? You can answer the question yourself. I'll play it again for you in case you have any doubts. Does this sound like someone who's a pedophile? Guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. (laughs) We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway... This woman helped me get an awful lot done. At any rate. any rate. any rate. No joke. And those teachers laughed. How pathetic are people in this country today? First of all, when he just said, you got to say hi to me, they laughed at that. What was funny about that? Was that a joke? Was that some sort of a joke? Hey, you've got to say hi to me. Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> He's a pedophile. There's no question about it. He's a racist pedophile. You don't find that combination too often, but we've got it in the White House. A racist pedophile. And the facts back me up. His own words have indicted him as a racist and a pedophile on multiple occasions. His actions indict him as a racist and a pedophile on multiple occasions. Unless you think a grown man sniffing the hair of a young girl, teenage girl, or worse, a girl who's less than a teenager, if you think that's normal behavior, by the way, these aren't his daughters, that would be bad enough, though he did shower with one from what we hear on a report. If you don't think this guy's a pedophile, then you don't know what a pedophile is. You certainly don't recognize the signs of one. He's basically just coming right out and saying it. I'm a pedophile. Do you know any grown man who has ever said that when he was 30 and a girl was 12, she did a lot for him? I've never heard that. First of all, most 30-year-olds aren't interacting with 12-year-olds unless it's their son or daughter. Have you ever interacted with a 12-year-old when you were 30? Unless you were coaching their Little League team or it was your son or daughter, the answer would be no. Unless you're a pedophile. It's sickening, and yet that goes unnoticed by the media. Isn't it amazing? He's telling you what he is. I think it was Candace Owens or someone last week who said, or no, it was Tommy Lyron. When they tell you what they are, it's good to listen. And he's telling us what he is. He's a racist pedophile. And then Friday night when he went on television, I guess they put him on national television on a Friday night when, of course, no one watches TV. I guess they put him on there because they knew he'd F it up and they didn't want anybody to know about it. They thought nobody would watch. Well, somebody's always watching, but not enough people watch on a Friday night. But he wants to spend less, he says, and then lies about taxes again. Again, it was the same old pack of lies. We're going to do even more to reduce the deficit. We need to control spending if we're going to do that. But we also have to raise revenue and go after tax cheats and make sure everybody's paying their fair share. No one, I promise, no one making less than $400,000 a year will pay a penny more in federal taxes. That's why I kept my commitment, again, that no one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a penny more in federal taxes. (laughs) It was a lie when he said it the first time. It's been a lie every time he says it, and it's still a lie today. He's transformed your quote-unquote federal tax payments to higher gas prices, higher grocery prices, higher egg prices, higher everything prices. And he keeps saying something that's stupid. But then again, he is stupid. It's amazing that a guy whose son is under investigation for avoiding paying taxes, and Biden himself will be under investigation for the same thing, thanks to all of the money laundering that went on without taxes being paid, by his entire family, including a granddaughter, apparently, and I shouldn't say apparently. The evidence is there. The bank records show that the grand granddaughter received the payment through one of the shell companies created to launder money. 
So this from a guy, we're not talking about just dollars or cents. We're talking about millions of dollars in tax revenues that the Biden family has escaped. And he's telling you that he wants you to pay more. He's got balls. Eugene Robinson, a black columnist for the Washington Post, think Biden is actually a centrist. Now, it's hilarious. And he's telling this to Joe Scarborough and his bobblehead wife, Micah, Mika, Muka. And you hear giggling in the background at the end. I'm assuming it was giggling because the stupidity of this man is so obvious. And I'm talking about Eugene Robinson. It would knock you out. Joe Biden has always been, you know, a center politician, um, and 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 that's where he's always been. That's where he is now. And and uh, you know, the, the, this idea in Republican circles that he's, you know, that he's, you know, practically uh, the the son of Marx and Engels. I mean, he's, you know, that's not Joe Biden. <laughs> now I don't know if. Scarborough was laughing because he thought that was funny about the Republicans or because he thought Eugene Robinson is a complete freaking idiot, which he is. And by the way, take the crap out of your mouth when you talk, would you please? It's harder to understand you like that. It's pretty amazing. Eugene Robinson thinks Joe Biden is a centrist. (laughs) By the way, Eugene Robinson is a black man. You're not very smart to know that that guy that you just said was a centrist hates you because you're black. Not because of your personality or because of what you do or how smart or how dumb you are. He hates you because you're black. That's the only reason. He would just soon see you hang as see you write for the Washington Post. He hates black people with a passion I don't think I've ever seen. And there is no question about that. All you have to do is go back and listen to Biden's statements throughout his career, going back to his days in the Senate when he said he didn't want his children growing up in a racial jungle so he didn't want black people coming to the same schools as his kids, as his privileged kids. Tell you what, you'd have to find the worst black drug addict in the black community in history to compare him to Joe Biden's son. So the fact that he didn't want blacks coming to the schools where his kids were going to school, maybe the opposite should have been true, that black people didn't want Hunter Biden going to the school where their kids were going to school. Ron DeSantis, who they pin as a racist, took on a heckler who was MFing him while he was speaking and destroyed him. This is how easy it is to destroy a liberal. Here's lesson 101. There's bad stuff that's getting into the schools. There's pornography that's getting into the schools. So the parents have had to blow the whistle in Florida. They've had to, they've had to, yeah, well, thank you, thank you. Um, we, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not going to let you impose an agenda on our kids. We're going to stand up for our kids. We're going to make sure to do it right. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Those people like that in Florida are the people we beat every single day on policy. We do not let them win. We win all these battles. We're not letting them indoctrinate our kids. Not on our watch. 
It's not going to happen. Those liberals want it to happen, but it's not going to happen. As long as DeSantis is governor of Florida, it's not going to happen in Florida. And even with all of that, blacks are flocking to Florida to live. So they don't think he's a racist. By the way, you heard Biden say a few moments ago that uh, he wants to spend less and bring down the debt. Well, he says deficit all the time. But this new bill allows for $4 trillion in new debt and is uncapped at $4 million, or $4 trillion. It's uncapped. So the $4 trillion is your starting point for Biden and the liberals. They're going to try to jack that up like you can't believe. And you can blame the Republicans for that. Not wholly. You can, you can blame both sides for that one. But that's the way it's going to go down. President Trump was saying that he won't refer to people as woke because he doesn't think half the audience knows what woke is. Well, DeSantis defined it for everybody, and he defined it pretty well. We know what woke is. It's a form of cultural Marxism. It's about putting merit and achievement behind identity politics. And it's basically a war on the truth. And as that has infected institutions, it has corrupted a lot of institutions. So you've got to be willing to fight the woke. We've done it in Florida, and we proudly uh, consider ourselves the state where woke goes to die. Well, it doesn't go to die in corporations, and those include corporations in Florida, as we well know with Disney. We also know what happened to Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch and to Kohl's and to Target and Chick-fil-A is now next on the hit list. And we understood last week from the CEO of BlackRock how these investment firms who control so many pension funds and everything else are controlling these big corporations by pressuring them to go woke, to go perversion. And they pressure them because they have all of that financial clout to throw around. Anson Frerichs is a former Anheuser-Busch executive. He explained how BlackRock and the rest of them are pulling this off. Here's how it works. It's pretty simple. You just have to follow the money. You take a look at BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. They manage $20 trillion worth of capital. But it's not their own money. This is the money of everyday citizens, firefighters, police officers, doctors who generally have their money either via 401ks or, in a lot of cases, large pension funds. Large pension funds like the state of California, which manages the largest pension fund in the U.S., and the state of New York, and then European, European pension funds as well. And a lot of the politicians in those states, in California, for example, they recently have mandated those large pension funds that they divest from things like fossil fuels and oil and gas. And then when, when Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York, was there, did the same thing. But they also tell BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, if they're going to manage their money, they have to commit to things like ESG, diversity, equity, inclusion, and adopt firm-wide commitments that they therefore then force onto all the major companies in corporate America. Now, pay attention to what he said there, especially if you're a member of one of those pensions like California. If you're getting a pension from California, what he just told you is that Gavin Newsom and the Sacramento legislature has forced these pension funds through BlackRock to divest from profitable investments like fossil fuels into stupidity like perversion target items, to electric cars, to all kinds of liberal nonsense, where those who have those pensions are seeing their pensions put in jeopardy. The state of California is already broke, so your je- your pension's already in jeopardy, but they want to further jeopardize your pension by forcing the firms that control it to divest from profitable investments into non-profitable investments, costing every single pension holder their pension. 
So in California, New York, and other places where they have these people controlling the pension funds, that's what's happening to your money. That's intentional. In my opinion, it's corrupt. And I think any good lawyer could prove it to be corrupt. And I don't think it would take much. And I'm hopeful that that's how it ends up. We shall see. But that's what he was saying. And the people that hold pensions in those states, or that receive pensions, I should say, in those states, ought to pay attention to that. That's a scary proposition. He sounds like a pretty sharp guy, though. He's on top of it. Mark Moriel is the president of the National Urban League. You had no idea who he is, did you? You have no idea what the National Urban League does. Well, I'll answer it for you. After looking at their website, they do absolutely nothing. They throw some nonsensical phrases out there to make you think something, but they do nothing. They do nothing for anyone. I don't know how they're funded, but if they're funded by private donations, who the hell's funding them? They don't do anything. But they do call Ron DeSantis a racist. In fact, Mark Moriel, the president of the National Urban League, says George uh, George Wallace and Ron DeSantis are the same guy. Now, you don't believe anybody could say something like that, do you? But he did. He literally, literally uh, has uh, made himself, in many respects, a 21st century version of George Wallace. George Wallace blocked the door to schools. He's blocking the doors to libraries. He's blocking the doors to to the legitimacy of African-American contributions to this country. It's offensive. uh, It's racist. Wow. He's blocking libraries. (laughs) Who's blocking libraries? Mark Moriel, you are a black bigot. That's what you are. You are a racist. You're a race-baiting, low-rent scumbag. That's what Mark Moriel is. That's what the National Urban League is. The National Urban League is a national embarrassment and disgrace. It does nothing for black people. Zero zip. This guy's a criminal. He's drawing money to himself. Let's check his 401k. And then for a guy who supposedly represents the black community to call a white man a George Wallace and lie that he's closing libraries, Mark Moriel is a black bigot in the worst way. They don't come any worse than him. You're thinking, well, wait a minute now, there's Al Sharpton. And I agree. He's as bad as it gets. But Moriel just tied him for first. Neither one of them do anything, by the way. They're both shakedown artists. They both have completely befuddled the black community, which I'm starting to think is easy to befuddle. Though I have to add, so is the white community, the Asian community, the Indian community, because that's what makes up this country, and we continue to put up with the bullcrap we put up with. So it isn't just the black community. But the black community, by allowing Sharpton and Moriel to shake you down, is a special kind of goofy. On the flip side, the white community allows people like Biden to shake you down. That's pretty goofy. So we've got two special kinds of goofy going on here, white, black. The Asians are probably scratching their heads while the Indians aren't paying attention. They're looking at all of us like we're nuts, and they're right. 
Horace Cooper, who's also black, how do you respond to a bigot like Moriel? This is pitiful. This is sad. First, the NAACP issues a travel advisory, and now the Urban League chimes in. Apparently, they must have some large donor uh, that is saying to them, since you don't have an actual agenda that will matter to black Americans, nothing for school choice, nothing for safer neighborhoods, nothing to make it possible for people who are entrepreneurs, disproportionately black men are interested in that, since neither of these organizations have any policies to promote on that, you say these stupid, inane things. Last point, and that is that black Americans know better. Mm. And how do I know? Because they are flocking to Florida. <laughs> He's right. It's pitiful, and it's because they have nothing to offer. Mark Moriel had to justify his position raking in all the money that he rakes in, probably illegally but certainly unethically, as president of the Urban League. Sharpton always has to justify what he gets. So Horace Cooper called him out. Thank you. They have nothing to offer black people, nothing, except race baiting, racial division. That's it. They offer nothing else. Sharpton, Moriel, Biden, they're all race baiters. Xavier Durosso was once a Black Lives Matter activist. He's now a member of the Prager U staff, a black man. He had observed the... Saki, saki, saki pack of lies the other day when she said Republican men, men, why she's singing about men, I don't know, are uncomfortable being around a black candidate like Tim Scott. Xavier Duraso had some choice words for saki, saki, saki. It's delusional to even insinuate that the right is uncomfortable around people of color. Because let's just take a look at history. Who was the side that was for slavery? The left. Which was the side that was against civil rights? The left. Which was the side that founded the KKK? The left. And which is the side that continues to launch a genocide against black babies to this very day? The left. So Mm. if Jen is going to talk about comfortability, she needs to look herself in the mirror and ask why she is so comfortable lying on national television and continuing this facade of racial division. Carpe quadruple diem, Xavier Durso. Liberals are race baiters, man. They are race baiters supreme. They've got nothing to sell the country in terms of policy ideas. So they sell racist, racist BS, racist crap. They are race baiters supreme. They can't speak. Uh, you watch a liberal television show. They can't get through the show without calling some Republican a racist. They can't do it. It's embarrassing that they're that stupid. Their IQs are single-digit. Liberal IQs are single-digit. They corner the market on single-digit IQs. Republicans corner the market on spineless people. I'm not sure which is worse. You could make the argument, perhaps, that stupid people were born stupid, so it's not their fault. So liberals, from the moment of birth, they have a single-digit IQ, and it never goes up. In Republican cases, you're just spineless. So you've grown up, you've become a strong person, hopefully, and all of a sudden you've got a jellyfish spine. That defines a Republican. And by the way, we all know what a Republican candidate is up against, if it's Trump, if it's DeSantis, if it's anybody. Once they go up against the Democrat liberal machine, they've got the media against them, and 
Who else, Rachel Campos Duffy? Just about everybody, right? The media, the Democrats, the deep state, the intelligence community, um, you know, the big tech, um, all of the things that you have to face. You know, metal sharpens metal, and they're going to be better for going out to the voters and, and having fought hard. And whoever, you know, can do it the best and come out ahead, um, come out standing, is going to be the better candidate to take them on. She's saying that Trump and DeSantis going against each other is going to be eventually a positive for the one that survives. I don't know if that's true. If this were a physical battle, yes. You play tough competition, you're ready for the next step. But this isn't a physical battle. It's not a physical competition. This isn't Alabama playing a strong schedule, so therefore when they get into a championship game, they're used to that kind of pressure. This is an ideological battle, and the liberals are standing by recording every single word that DeSantis or Trump says against the other, and then they're going to run with it. But I've got some advice for Ron DeSantis, and I've told, I've said this so many times since he announced he was running. He has no business running against Donald Trump. And it's not because I love Trump. I do, by the way, love Trump. I like a guy who stands behind what he says, accomplishes what he sets out to do, and tells everybody who gets in his way to go F off. If Donald Trump wasn't the toughest guy in America... He wouldn't survive the the kind of forces that are against him. But it was Ron DeSantis who was launched into the governor's mansion by Donald Trump. It was Ron DeSantis who continually praised Donald Trump. I'll give you a few examples. After the president's State of the Union speech in 2019, Ron DeSantis said, promises made, promises kept. President Trump restored our economy, brought jobs back to the United States, strengthened our national security, and supported our veterans and first responders. Well, that's quite a litany of accomplishments from President Trump out of the mouth of Ron DeSantis. And yet you're saying now that he's no good? Is that what you're saying now? It's pretty amazing, isn't it? In 2017, DeSantis thanked President Trump for signing the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. He praised President Trump again in 2017 for his efforts in Israel. He said this, President Trump is doing what his recent predecessors have promised but failed to deliver, formal recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital, to be followed by relocation of the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. 2018, DeSantis praised President Trump's strong leadership on the world stage. And when he received President Trump's endorsement in 2018, He said, I'm absolutely honored to receive the full endorsement of President Donald Trump. He's thrown his support behind me because he knows I'll fight to keep Florida the best state in the nation when I'm your governor. In July of 2018, DeSantis tweeted that he was incredibly thankful for the Trump family. That tweet, by the way, has now been deleted. In August of 2018, DeSantis bragged about receiving President Trump's endorsement again. It's primary election day. Make sure you get out and vote for the only candidate for governor endorsed by President Trump, Ron DeSantis. He called it a treat to have President Trump in Florida for a rally in Fort Myers. In 2019, he praised President Trump for his hurricane relief efforts. Florida is fortunate to have such a strong ally in the White House. Thank you, Mr. President, for supporting the people in the Florida panhandle. He's touted President Trump's record as promises made, promises kept repeatedly. 
adding that President Trump restored our economy, brought jobs back to the U.S., and strengthened our national security again. That was before the State of the Union and after it. He called President Trump a master negotiator in his 2018 primary debate. On Trump's trade policies, DeSantis said, I tell you, I mean, I I think I've been surprised at some of the success he's gotten. He touted President Trump in his own Florida campaign ads. He was doomed until President Trump came in and saved him. As soon as the president endorsed him, he took the lead and never looked back. And now all he gets from DeSantis is pushback and lies. Lies. So that's the real Ron DeSantis, and it's not a pretty picture. He's a phony, and he's a, he's a normal politician. That's what he is. And it's sad to say that, but it's just the truth, and we tell you the truth here. He should have kept to himself, run as Trump's vice president, and all things would have been peaches and cream for the Republicans. But instead, the Republicans can't get out of their own way, so DeSantis jumps in there. They should not be allowing Chris Christie to enter the Republican race. First of all, he's not a Republican. They should not allow him on the stage for any debates, for any potential debates. He's there as a liberal hitman. He is trying to take President Trump out. He's not interested in running. He's not interested in telling you what he can or will do because he can't do anything. He was booted out of New Jersey. The Republican Party needs to get serious and understand that Chris Christie is a mole in the Republican Party for the for the liberals. No doubt about it. Ryan is up first. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Kevin, good morning to you, boss. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so I'm uh, trolling through the, uh, the websites, and I know you've told me not to do this, but I just can't help myself to read the stupidity. <laughs> and uh, I'm seeing that, uh, you know, they're talking about uh, Trump and the, and the documents and how, you know, we're, we're pushing toward indictments. And I, I'm still for the life of me trying to understand what the difference is between Trump's documents and, you know, he's self-admittingly, you know, yep, I took them, shit, those, got to get better. But Biden, same thing, and nothing. Not well, word, I, I have to, I think, I think you're mischaracterizing what's actually been said. Trump has never said he shouldn't have taken things, that he took things he shouldn't have taken. Well, he, in he fact declassified them. He, in fact, has said he's declassified them, which he has every right to do as president, and, and that Biden had no right to take anything as a senator or as a vice president, and yet he still took them. So there's a major difference between the two that you'll never hear about on the liberal networks, and you'll very rarely hear about it on the Fox network. Sad, but that's why you haven't seen anything happen to President Trump in terms of an indictment, because they can't do it. The dumbass Biden had it all set up to try to take Trump down like this with his corrupt Justice Department, but then people started pointing out, wait a minute, We've seen documents that Biden took. Oopsie. Plan backfired. Uh, I hope, I hope it, it, I mean, God, it just seems like another, another witch hunt as we always talk about, but it's just, let's move on to something else, right? I mean, why can't we just, (laughs) how about Biden? Everybody wants to say things happen sometimes. No, Biden fell the other day because he's old, he's decrepit, and he can't handle himself anymore. Um, But that seems, those things don't seem to matter, Kevin. 
you know, let's just let's go after Trump with documents. Let's talk porn star again. That's going to be what the next thing is. Let's talk more porn stars. Oh, there'll be some of that coming up. You can count on all of that. It's, and yet Tara Reid continues to go away. She, From what I understand now, she moved to Russia. So the woman who accused Biden of raping her has been silenced and moved to Russia. <laughs> she, I, I wonder if she's even alive. Well, yeah, I was going to say Brittany Griner. Uh, maybe she can uh, give her some points over there, maybe. Jesus. Um, well, I think too, though, you know, you're talking about DeSantis and I, and I'm to the point where I'm, I'm like you, I, I love Trump and I'll, I'll vote for him over anybody. Um, but I do think that these guys are all the same. Look at, look at, uh, the, the heels up Harris and how she called Biden a racist. And I think she even accused him actually of rape, uh, in, in something, but yet, you know, it was very easy for her to take the nomination for VP when they threw it her way. So all these politicians, they run their mouths about each other. Uh, uh, but when given the opportunity, they'll kiss their ass uh, if, if there's something in it for them. I can promise you this. If Donald Trump called Chris Christie today and said, I want you to be my vice presidential running mate, Chris Christie would turn 190 degrees and say nothing but glowing things about Trump. These people Agreed. are all frauds. That's why you need outsiders like Trump. You don't need these people in there. So I'm, I'm glad you bring you brought that up too, though. And, I, and if you've spoken about this before, then I apologize. But I had somebody ask me if, when we talk about outsiders like Trump, he said, "Well, you know, who else would you consider as a, as a Trump-like outsider?" And I honestly didn't have an answer for that. Well, I think that Youngkin in Virginia is very similar. He was a businessman who ran for governor. He wasn't a career politician, so he's a guy that I would look to in the future. I don't know if he'll announce he's running this time around. If he does, it's just to get his feet wet. But I would think in four years after 2024 and 2028, I would think Youngkin would be a viable candidate for the Republicans, without a doubt in my mind. Well, I agree with you. The outsiders got to get in. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, you you talk about the Black Lives Matter folks. And, you know, I I look forward to hopefully some indictments coming down the pipeline for all the money that they stole from people because obviously they did nothing to help a single community. Um, other than line their own pockets and buy million dollar homes and cars, and um, that that whole organization was a fraud and a and just a bunch of bullshit from the get go. We knew that. Um, yeah, any any smart like person, else, any smart person knew it. Yet the cardinal supported it. Oh God, you know, you know that. Well, so now you brought up the cardinal. Now my day is really bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but again, I I just think I think Black Lives Matter was a hoax. I think we all knew it, and uh, I think. Uh, I think just like everything else, the Democrats think we're stupid, and they definitely think black people are stupid. So keep they, both they, Not only that, but they insult the intelligence of black people. By the way, another a, a businessman that you can point to your friends to is Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running now, is not a career politician either. He's another guy who came from public life. True. Very true. Kevin, great show, buddy. I'm going to keep listening. Thank you. I appreciate it, Ryan. Too much. You betcha. And for his part, Christie is really just the obese pig version of Mittens Romney, right? He's the Trump assassin commissioned by the liberals. Nobody played Romney like Donald Trump did. Nobody. He'll play Christie the same way. But the imbeciles in Utah that elected Romney as a senator ought to have their voting rights taken away. Those people are too are so ensconced in their Mormon insanity that they voted for this clown this carpet-bagging clown. He has nothing to do with Utah, but he moves out there because he knows he can he can take over Orrin Hatch's Senate seat. And the idiots in Utah voted him in. 
The Republican Party in Utah should never vote again, ever, in any election. We should start judging people by their, their results of who they vote for. You'd look at it in any athletic competition, it's results-oriented. You don't keep your job as the coach if you keep losing, unless, of course, you manage the Cardinals. But most coaches get fired. In England, in the English Premier League, if you finish in the bottom three in the season, you get relegated. Like That'd be like in baseball. You get sent to the minor leagues. The Cardinals would be AAA next year. They wouldn't be able to play at the major league level. And then you have to achieve your way and earn your way back up to the Premier League. Why don't we do that with voting? States that don't know how to vote, we judge by your results. If you vote people like Mittens Romney or Nancy Pelosi in, then you don't get to vote next election. I like that, actually. I like results-oriented laws. You don't vote when you keep voting for creeps and criminals. You don't get to vote anymore. You have to sit an election cycle out. That's your punishment. We've already made a mockery of allowing American citizens to vote because you don't have to be an American citizen to vote anymore. The liberals will take any and all votes as long as they're for them. So if we're going to make a mockery of the voting system, let's let's take it full circle. Let's just go ahead and say you are not going to be allowed to vote if your candidate sucks after you elect them. Mittens Romney sucks by everybody's account. So Utah, you sit it out. California, you sit it out for several cycles You've not only given us Pelosi, but you've given us Schiff, Maxine Waters. That that should be enough, those three. But you also gave us Gavin Newsom, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Whew. You've got a litany of idiots going on, going out there. You're not the land of the fruits and nuts for no reason. But the district that gave us Anna Paulina Luna, and she's a first-term congresswoman, should be rewarded. She's introducing legislation that's going to nail Schiff, but she's also scratching her head and wondering, why is it that the FBI is helping Hunter Biden? Are they helping him, Anna Paulina Luna? The FBI is protecting the Hunter Biden family, and it's not okay. This uh, this corruption scheme has been going back to the time that Joe Biden was vice president. And the intimidation scheme that we're seeing, I mean, it's not unheard of. We saw this happen with former Trump officials as well. Um, obviously, President Trump's family has uh, been subject to this. But what's really alarming about this is, as we know, the FBI, one, has a mole in there that's advising Hunter Biden as to the investigations by the name of One Eye, which, in saying it, it sounds like... Like it's something out of a James Bond movie, but unfortunately it's true. With the amount of evidence that's coming forward, it's scary to think that this guy that's currently sitting in the White House has become this corrupt, and it's really only doing one thing, and that's aiding and abetting the Communist Chinese Party. We have a liberal mole in the FBI named One Eye who's assisting the Bidens. I mean, the corruption is so deep. One eye. She's right. This is a James Bond movie. Where's 007 when we need him? Although I'm not so sure that MI6 provides any good people anymore. After all, Christopher Steele was a spy for them. Supposedly our allies. So we've got a mole called One Eye in the FBI who's helping Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family. It's too good, man. 
She's also taking care of Adam Schiff. When the men wouldn't stand up against Schiff, Anna Paulina Luna did. And here's what she's doing. I have a privileged resolution that I'm bringing to the floor, and we are going to find that man $16 million for using his position to lie to the American people and ultimately push something that not only destroyed our country, ripped us apart, but also, too, is responsible for almost, I believe, maybe even potentially permanently damaging foreign relations. He's a criminal. What he did was wrong. And Adam Schiff, you will be held accountable. Carpe gazillion times DM Anna Paulina Luna. He's a criminal, and he will be held accountable. I know that uh, Kevin McCarthy has moved to expunge him or expel him from Congress. Where's that going? I haven't heard any updates on that. Let's not just say we're doing it. Let's do it. You've got the majority. If that's all you need is a majority vote, have the vote today before lunchtime. Have you seen the story about the the kids from, well, I can't think of where they're from now, but the choir that was in Washington, D.C., they were there to sing the national anthem inside the Capitol. Now, these are kids who traveled, uh, it's called Rushing Brook Children's Choir. They traveled from South Carolina. And... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, were in the statuary hall portion of the Capitol. They'd received prior approval to sing a short set of songs, patriotic songs, inside that very spot. Now, they had received the permission from a couple of Congress people, but also from the Speaker himself, Kevin McCarthy. So while they were singing, of all songs, the national anthem, here's how it abruptly ended. just ended just like that. They were singing every verse of the Star-Spangled Banner. They had Capitol Hill police come up to us and Sergeant on Arms office and also the, uh, the Speaker's office. And the Speaker's office tells us by way of the phone, the Speaker's office is okay with the singing. Go ahead with it. Then I have a Capitol Security Guard guy telling me it's okay. Go ahead and start singing. And yet as the angelic voices of these children filled that Grand Hallway, a man from Congressman Joe Wilson's office intervened and said he was told by Capitol Police to go shut them down. He, the uh, man from the choir who led the group said that the person who tapped him on the shoulder and told him to shut it down was from Joe Wilson's office. He's the one the police lady told to go shut us down. I walked over with him to the Capitol Police. There were three Capitol Police officers, one female, two male. It was the female that spoke. I said, what's the problem? She said, we can't let you continue. I said, why not? She said, this is considered a demonstration, and we don't allow demonstrations inside the Capitol. I told her it's not a demonstration. It's a group of children singing the national anthem. She said, well, that's considered a demonstration. We can't allow you to continue. I said, you're telling me that a group of children can't sing the national anthem in their own capital? She said, that's right. He then told her that they had permission from Congress people 
and from the speaker himself. She said, no, that's not right. She said, they didn't give you the correct information. Imagine that. The kids weren't happy, as you might expect. He went over to the cops after he talked to the children and said, we are not going to cause any problems. We respect authority, but this is wrong. The policeman interrupted him and said, no, you're not allowed to sing. This is a demonstration again. How about that? I said, what kind of impression do you think this has made on these young minds when they think the Capitol Police and the rest of, and the rest of their life they remember this? They're going to remember being shut down and not allowed to sing. He's right there. He said, I told them this is not over. We're going to leave peacefully, but this is not over. And apparently it's not. And yet, 80 pastors just two months ago were right there in the same hallway singing Amazing Grace. We have the evidence. What's the difference? There is no difference, and certainly I'm not against 80 pastors singing Amazing Grace in the Capitol. I'm 100% for it. It's not a demonstration. It's patriotic. It's, it's, it's spiritual. Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, immediately tweeted after learning of what happened, just learned kids were interrupted while singing our national anthem at the Capitol. Unacceptable. These children were welcomed by my office because your Capitol is back open, particularly for school groups. And I'll uh, I can't even speak. I'm starting to get Biden's wearing off of me when I listen to him talk too damn often. I look forward to having them back to perform in the halls of Congress. So he's issued another invitation to them to come back. Only in this country, under this regime, under that corrupt police department known as the Washington Capitol Police, liberal-dominated Washington Capitol Police, could something like this take place. Nowhere else in the world would something like this take place if you live in a free, supposedly free country. They keep, the te- they keep telling us it's the people's house, and yet when the people go in and sing the national anthem, you're told to get out. What about all the soldiers who fought for that right, who died for that right? That Washington coward cop didn't care. I'm telling you, these cops... Cops everywhere need to stand up for this. I have not heard one peep out of police departments anywhere in this country condemning the Washington Capitol Police. The, the question is, why not? Where's their spine? Are the police departments across this country, have they, have they all turned into Republicans? All spineless cowards? It sure seems like it. And if I missed one of them standing up, I apologize, but I don't think I did. Not one cop... Not one police department, not one police organization has stood up to condemn what took place in the Capitol by the corrupt Washington Capitol Police. Telling children, a choir, 
to leave the Capitol for, for daring to sing the national anthem. Not one cop has stood up. Not one MFer has stood up to say, enough's enough. That's bull crap. And those cops are dead wrong. And they give every cop in America a bad name. And yet, the rest of the cops in America are giving themselves a bad name. Because like cowards, they stand back and say and do nothing. It's kind of how they're doing their jobs these days, right? They stand back, they say nothing, they do nothing. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. Now, what do you think would have happened, though, had those kids been singing the black national anthem? Do you think they would have been shut down? Hell no, they wouldn't have been shut down. They would have been cheered. In fact, we would have seen Pelosi going in there and acting like she's black. I defy any, any liberal politician or media member, anyone, to tell me the words of the black national anthem. First of all, if they were honest, they would say, well, there is no black national anthem, because there isn't. But since the NFL has decided there is, and the liberals have gone around, along with it, let's hear one of them tell us, one black person, one congressman or woman, one member of the media, recite the words to the black national anthem. They can't. But not one cop, not one anywhere, has stood up and said this is wrong. So I assume that every cop in America agrees with this. Every cop in this country agrees that you're supposed to stop a group of choir children from singing the national anthem in the United States Capitol by the Washington Capitol Police. That behavior apparently is applauded by police everywhere. So if you, if you get a chance today, tell your local cop to go F off. Because I think cops are worthless pieces of shit. That's my conclusion now. I used to be in favor of the cops. I defended the cops. But I'm sick of the cops. The cops are scared little pompous asses. And if they don't have a gun and handcuffs, they are worthless. They can't do shit to you because they're tough guys with a gun, tough guys with handcuffs, and they're pathetic excuses for human beings. That's what cops are. And until their behavior changes, that's what they will be. They sicken me. At every level, cops sicken me. You're pathetic cowards. You're corrupt. You're rotten to the core. Every cop out there is rotten to the core and corrupt. That's as simple as I can make it. You sicken me. You're worse than Biden. You're supposed to stand for something. We know he doesn't. You're supposed to protect people, and you don't. You're corrupt to the core. Your top law enforcement agency is corrupt through and through, and every rotten person in there is the same way, except for the whistleblowers. You're tough guys, aren't you? You're so tough you can shut down a choir of children singing the national anthem. That's how tough you cops are, you sickening pieces of crap. They piss me off. Have you been able to tell? They're disgusting. I'm ashamed to know cops, and I know good ones who are retired. Good ones, and I'm sure they're sick of this too. In fact, I know they are. Today's cop is today's coward. And you can start from the top and go right on down to the lowest guy. 
They don't defend shit. They don't stop any crime. They're helpless. They're woke. They're a joke. Boy, they're tough on those choirs, though. Woo! Never mind the murders that take place every weekend in every city in America. Nah, we're not going to stop that. But that choir, we're coming for them. Oh, yeah. You aren't going to get by singing the national anthem while we're around. We're cops. We've got authority. There's nothing that corrupts people like authority. Nothing. Power and authority, the ultimate corruptors. And now we get a bill rammed down our throat that's going to raise debt even higher. Scott Perry is one of the uh, uh, Republicans who voted against it, and he's accurate when he knows that this bill is awful. At the end of this, it, it took us three months, but he's getting a $4 trillion debt ceiling raise. It is unlimited. Let's be straight with the American people and, and tell them what they're getting and what they're not getting. Don't, don't use a smoke and mirrors game in Washington and act like you're saving things because we are not. We're going to end up $4 trillion at least more in debt in two years. The answer is more. It's unlimited. It's uncapped. Why'd they even say it? If you're not capping something, why issue a ceiling? Victor Davis Hanson's a smart guy. He knows what we should be paying attention to when it comes to the debt. And the real indicator is what do we owe according to GDP? We're 130% with a $33 trillion debt, and that's higher than any year in World War II when we were at a high borrowing to win a war. And we're, we're paying 10% of the budget just in interest on the debt. It's not sustainable. Everybody knows that. The speech itself, Jesse, was very disingenuous. He spent much of his presidency with that Phantom of the Opera background, demonizing half the country as semi-fascist and ultra-mega. Now he says that unity is the most important thing. And then he says he's going after the tax cheats and the people who are not transparent about their tax returns. At the very moment, we've had whistleblowers suggesting that the Biden family consortium in general and Hunter Biden in particular, haven't been paying their taxes. And not just the average fireman's taxes. We're talking about millionaires. Millionaires. It's just unbelievable, isn't it? Biden complains about taxes while his own family dodges millions in taxes. (laughs) Everybody better pay their fair share. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Except for us. We don't have to. Jamie Raskin is an all-time liar. Uh, this is a guy who went to Harvard Law School, apparently learned how to lie there. Now claims that the Republicans are getting everything they want from Christopher Ray regarding this whistleblower document when the subpoena clearly, clearly asks for the document to be turned over to the committee. Christopher Ray is now taking it to Capitol to show it to James Comer. Raskin, as a ranking member on the minority, gets to look at it. Could be heavily redacted, we don't know yet. But Raskin blatantly lies regarding the document request. The Republican majority on the committee is getting everything they're asking for uh, in terms of seeing the document, which, by the way, they say they have also already seen. Um, And yet they're still talking about holding the director of the FBI in contempt, even though they're getting exactly what they want, even though the FBI has been overwhelmingly cooperative and accommodating uh, to this request. <laughs> These people are comedians. The stuff they say is so outrageously false and such a lie. The FBI has been overwhelmingly accommodating. Does anybody believe that? 
And the answer is no. No one believes that. He doesn't believe it. He's just a born liar. He doesn't know how to do anything else other than lie because he's a liberal. That's what liberals do. They lie for a living. They actually get paid for it. Now, if one of your children growing up and you say to them, Mom, or you say, a son or daughter, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they say, a liar. You shouldn't mock them for it. It pays well. I want to be a professional liar. It's easy. It's easy work. You don't need an education. Just watch political hacks when they speak. They lie with impunity. There was nothing that he said that was true. Nothing. <laughs> Isaiah Washington is a black actor from Gray's Anatomy. He understands the value of paper ballots over these machine-counted ballots. And without paper ballots, we shouldn't be voting. No paper ballots, nobody votes for the Republican or the Democrats at all, people. If you think you're going to get an end result with the Electoral College making the final decision on your popular vote by using these machines, you are insane. And you must be an agent tweeting that shit. And no way in the world anybody can believe that voting on these machines that have been owned by, what, the Bushes for decades? And probably everybody else? I mean, it's insane. And hope to have this beautiful country intact and its values intact for their grandchildren. And maybe that's some, a noble delusion that I have. Oh, God dog it, I've earned it. It was passed down to me by my mother. Carpe diem Isaiah Washington. That's all he wants for his kids. Isn't that all we all want for our kids is to have the same kind of a great country that we had when we grew up? And yet we're not delivering that to them. We're not delivering that to them for several reasons, because people are mentally ill when they vote. Corruption exists everywhere in elections in this country. Corruption permeates Washington, D.C. It permeates police departments. We have cowards for cops. What do we have in this country? This country isn't going to hell. It's in hell. If you can't feel the flames, you can't feel anything. You're numb. Here's how bad it's gotten now. Elena DuBose, ever heard of her? Or Orlana DuBose? I don't even know how you say her name. She's supposedly an actress. She's on Sesame Street, so her career's really taken a shot upward. She's having conversations with a puppet named Elmo and somehow convinces Elmo the puppet to bring children in to Gay Pride Month. That's right. Indoctrinate more children who watch Elmo on Sesame Street into Gay Pride Month. Hi, Elmo and I wanted to share that everyone is always welcome on Sesame Street. This month and every month, we want to uplift and celebrate our LGBTQIA plus family, friends, and communities. Yeah, that's right, Miss Ariana. <laughs> From our Sesame Street family to yours, happy Pride! Elmo loves you. Happy Pride and we love you. How would you feel if your child came to you and said something like, Mom, what is Pride? What is Pride Month? What, what's, what do they mean by Happy Pride Month? What's that supposed to be? How do you explain it to them? Little kid. Well, I've never been a big boycott guy, but I have become one thanks to the liberals. It's time to boycott Sesame Street. I wouldn't allow my children to watch Sesame Street if it was the last program on TV. 
unless you like having your child indoctrinated into this insanity. How many things did she call that that movement? How many letters and symbols do they have? Now, let's hear it again. Hi. Elmo and I wanted to share that everyone is always welcome on Sesame Street. This month and every month, we want to uplift and celebrate our LGBTQIA plus family, friends. IA plus family. I'm sorry, I, I've lost track this, of this alphabet soup. What is the I and the A? I mean, I I once had a, a union when I was at Channel 4. The uh, photographers and the editors, their, their union was called, the, it was IA. And I had touched a machine one time, touched it, mind you, to try to pop a tape out. And they were going to file a formal complaint against me. So my general manager, John McKay, who was a cool guy, called me up and he goes, uh, or no, when the guy came to me and said, uh, hey, you can't touch that. Are you a member of IA? And I said, what's IA? International assholes. And so I I was called up to John McKay's office and he he said, did you you really say that? I said, I did. And he said, I'm proud of you. He said, but he said, we got to be careful with him because we got to negotiate with him. But he goes, just know that I'm proud of you. That's that's the way this is. Now, now that you've got IA at the end of this LGB whatever it's called, I mean, good God almighty. Hey, we got one less Chuck Todd to deal with, the only Chuck Todd, thank God. He arrogantly announced yesterday that he's leaving Meet the Press. I have a personal announcement. While today is not my final show, this is going to be my final summer here at Meet the Press. It's been an amazing, nearly decade-long run. I'm pretty, really proud of what this team and I have built over the last decade and frankly the last 15 plus years that I've been here at NBC, which also includes my time as political director. I've loved so much of this job, helping to explain America to Washington and explain Washington to America. When I took over Meet the Press, it was a Sunday show that had a lot of people questioning whether it could still have a place in the modern media space. Well, I think we've answered that question and then some. We've taken Meet the Press from a single Sunday show to a distinct and important political franchise. But the key to survival of any of these incredible media entities, including here at Meet the Press, is for leaders not to overstay their welcome. I'd rather leave a little bit too soon than stay a tad bit too long. What an arrogant, pompous ass. The key is for leaders not to overstay their welcome. Who who pointed you a leader? A leader of what? A leader of lies? Every word out of that man's mouth for the last however many years has been a lie. He's taken Meet the Press to some strange heights. Your predecessor was all you need to know about Meet the Press. He was a solid reporter. He's liberal, but he was a solid reporter who asked questions of politicians of both sides fairly, honestly, honorably, and aggressively. But you're not. You're not at all. And you're the leader? You're the leader? (laughs) Tim Russert made that show. For 17 years, Tim Russert made that show. He died of a heart attack, sadly. You destroyed that show. And then, of course, like all of these liars, he told us how tearful, told us tearfully how it was his family that comes first. So while I may be leaving this chair, I'm still going to help NBC navigate and coach colleagues in this 2024 campaign season and beyond. But this is also an important time for me personally. I've let work consume me for nearly 30 years. 
I can't remember the last time I didn't wake up before 5 or 6 a.m. And as I've watched too many friends and family let work consume them before it was too late, I promised my family I wouldn't do that. Good God. I can't remember the last time I've gotten up after 4 o'clock. Hey, dude, I get up at 3.45 every morning. You don't hear me whining about it. Oh, God, I'm, I can't believe I get up at 3.45. Well, you know what? If I don't like getting up at 3.45, I don't have to. I don't have to do this show. Just like you didn't have to do it either, you crybaby. But that's what you are. You're a liberal. Do you ever notice the way he talks? He'll say something like high pitch and then trail off. I'm Chuck Todd, and I'm so great you can't believe it. I'm Chuck Todd, but my family, i got to listen to my family. <laughs> before it's too late. i got to do this before it's too late. You got forced out because your ratings suck. You suck. Why don't you just be honest about it? I didn't hear Tucker Carlson say, hey, I'm leaving because i got to spend more time with my family. Only a fraud says that. And that's what Todd is. Of course, he's always been that. He's going to coach his colleagues. He's anointed himself as some sort of guru of political coverage. You've, you've embarrassed yourself. You've embarrassed your family. You've embarrassed Tim Russert. You've embarrassed Meet the Press. Joan Rivers embarrassed the Obamas a couple of years ago. Remember this? This one I dug out. This is a good one, though. And do you think that the country will see the first, the United States will see the first gay president or the first woman we president? We have it with Obama, so let's just calm down. Got it. No, Michelle is a trans. Uh, I'm sorry, she's a what? A transgender. We all know. <laughs> Obama's gay and she's a transgender. Now, she's not the only person who thinks that. I would say a big swath of the American public believes that. And it's easy to believe. But it's funny hearing Joan Rivers saying it. <laughs> I think she was on her way in to get her 700th plastic surgery when she said it. Donald Trump, after Biden's fall the other day, said on a town hall show Thursday night, same night of the fall, that we shouldn't joke about it and we shouldn't laugh about it. Now, it's interesting that Donald Trump is showing the kind of courtesy that has never been shown to him, and Greg Gutfeld noticed it. Trump certainly was never shown the same courtesy after all. Of course, President Biden blames his fall on a sandbag, but it wasn't just any sandbag. Turns out it was a super MAGA extreme Republican one. <laughs> Damn those pesky domestic terrorists. <laughs> He had a better line earlier, but you had to have video to say it. He said, it turns out Biden tripped over a sandbag. It was nothing to worry about. He just tripped over a sandbag. And as he said, sandbag, a picture of Hillary Clinton popped up. <laughs> you got to love it, right? I know I do. I can't get enough of my gut felt fix. It's like Johnny Carson and David Letterman in his early days and Jay Leno when he was funny. It's true comedy. Unfortunately, there isn't much of it anymore. So we'll take a break, and then we'll come back with more. And your phone calls are certainly welcome on the other side, 636-538-0746. They commandeer. 
small town diner Just five or six old men Throwing out corny old one-liners They pat the heads of children Give friendly nods to strangers They sure seem quick to laugh Makes you think they're slow to anger Those guys were frontline brothers Their lives depended on each other They were soldiers long before they were men Yeah, the ones that somehow survived Came home, went on to build their lives Never charging us a penny For the debt we owe to them But you can almost smell the gun smoke Souls that they share on the days they raise their coffins and toast the empty chair. They'll ask you where you're from, what you do, what you've done. But don't go thinking they're all talk. Welcome back in. Kevin Slayton with you on this Monday morning. Our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746. I know some folks had called earlier. I didn't get a chance to get to them. 
But I uh, would love to hear from you. 636-538-0746. Especially some policemen and former policemen who I know listen to the show. I would love to hear from you about this uh, nonsense that's going on by not calling out the Capitol Police. I think that's a disgrace. And we want to say hi, give, give a shout-out to Goose, codenamed Goose, and honor him for his military service. I know he listens to us out of state, and uh, we appreciate your loyalty, Goose. I know Goose has some health issues, so we're praying for you. But thanks for listening, Goose. We appreciate that. 636 It's really an embarrassment, I think, to the police departments across the country that no one will call these people out. Dave is up first. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Kevin, good morning. I'm doing well. How was your weekend, sir? It was good, I suppose. If you can, if you count on banks screwing up your accounts and your and your debit cards and Spotify screwing up your accounts, I guess I had a great weekend. I love technology. <laughs> Did you notice? I love technology. It, it, yeah, Kevin. Uh, when I finally get to retire, I'm going to joyfully beat the hell out of this phone and then throw it in the river. I've always said if everybody will throw their phones, I'll be the first to throw it in the river. I'll be the very first. I'll be the second. It's unbelievable, actually. A couple, uh, c- couple, couple of happy, sad stories. So you were talking about uh, taking a tour of Normandy. Uh, fortunately, uh, when my girls were in high school, their marching band uh, was invited over to Normandy to not only play, but for the 75th anniversary, a once in a lifetime thing. Did the Washington Capitol police intervene to stop them? Uh, no, they weren't over there. Oh, so, so, so it was all good. Uh, my wife also got to go with them and they said it was the most breathtaking thing they've ever saw. That was as sad as it was. And, and you, you just couldn't imagine unless you were there. But she said that the French villagers, how much they just love the United States for saving them. And they should. And, and, and their their um, their love for the soldiers for the United States was just uh, unbelievable. And I I, I, I didn't go because I, I said, you want to go? I go, no, it's France. And Normandy, yeah, but not. Anyway, they had a phenomenal time. So I thought I'd let you know about that. Uh, you know, breathtaking, spectacular thing, as you would say. But uh, just to take that in, uh, you know, she said you could just hear standing on the beach. It was just an eerie silence. I don't know if I'm describing it properly. I'm probably not. Uh, but it was just one of those things that you have to personally take into. I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so I thought I'd let you, let you know that. Uh, I thought it was fantastic that they got to go, that they enjoyed it. Um so that was the happy, sad story. Happy going over there. See, it's sad seeing it, but also happy all the other stuff they did. So I just thought I'd let you know that, my friend. I appreciate that. What do you think of these uh, cops? No, none, of the, none of the police organizations calling out the Washington Capitol Police. I, I, I think the national FOP needs to come out and say something. Um, y- you know. It's embarrassing. It's it's more than, I know you're on the internet. It's it, There's other words I want to use, Kevin, but uh, I try to be professional and respectful. It's more than embarrassing. Um, so if it was a bunch of trainees that age singing yeah. 
something, would would you let him go? And if it was singing the Black National Anthem, the supposedly Black National Anthem, they'd let him go. You can guarantee they'd let him go. Are you kidding me? Does anybody think for one second that those cowardly cops up there would have stopped any anybody singing the Black National Anthem? Or let's just say it was a group of black kids, or as you say, trannies, singing our National Anthem. They wouldn't have stopped them, and they shouldn't stop them, but they did, sure as hell wouldn't have. I I just... Uh... Just watch, watching the the supposed Washington Capitol Police, uh, like you said, Kevin, it, it, it taints everybody. And uh, I, I wish the national FOP would step up and say, hey, this isn't what you do to visitors. As they say, it's our house. Right. Uh, and these were I kids. Wish that- these are hardly I, I, a terrorist threat. These are kids are not. When you're singing the national anthem, who considers that a demonstration except these single-digit IQ cops in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, I last I heard, I, uh, I, I attended my daughter's graduation yesterday. And uh, uh, fortunately, we, we, we all got to listen to the national anthem. And, no. and no, police, no police came in and stopped us. They didn't Kevin. come in and stop you? No, no, uh-huh. not at all. Not at all. And, 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 and not only that, Kevin, but no one took a knee. Yeah, even better. Yeah, no one took a knee. Well, I'll tell you what. If some graduate had taken a knee, they should have revoked their diploma. Kevin, I, I during the valedictorian stuff, I don't know what these two young ladies said. All I know is I didn't really want to hear it. You're 18. You don't know shit. There's nothing you can offer me. Or wait, I'll, I'll rephrase that. There's very little you can offer me that I didn't already know. And I, I don't, don't know. Bi- Biden said a 12-year-old girl offered him a lot. Well, you, well it's a different different offer. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a different, pathetic pedophile pig he is. Uh, you, you know, Kevin, you know, you know, Dan Bongino, Bongino calls him a rotting bag of oatmeal. And I, I, I don't know. I, what asked, that, I don't know what that's like because I don't eat oatmeal, but it, it doesn't sound attractive. <laughs> that's for sure. Now, see, I like oatmeal, but I asked my wife. I said, if all the of the vegetables, which is the least, uh, has the least uh, nutritional value in it, and iceberg lettuce does. So now I just look at him as a no, head of lettuce. No, the Biden vegetable has the least amount. Of- <laughs> And, and Kevin, as far as McCarthy, McCarthy did exactly what I thought McCarthy could do. I, not, I, I, I'm not surprised. Now, no, I just don't what, like this bill at all. I mean, of course, there's some things in there that are good, and that's fine. He wants to point out the good things, but they're the, the bad far outweigh the good, especially in terms of volume. Oh, absolutely. Again, not shocked. Kevin, thank you so much. I thought I'd share that story with you. Hopefully, you got everything scored away with Spotify in your bank. Nope, if not, not yet. I got to well, get to yeah, go another round with them today. Yeah, yeah. You know what, my friend, and I know you already have this in the back of your mind, probably in the front of your mind. But there's always other banks, which is a pain in the ass to you. But okay, yep. I'll yes, take there my are somewhere else. Yes, there are. I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. You Thanks, too. Bye bye now. Yes, there are always other banks, but it's such a hassle, and they know it. They absolutely know it, but I don't get on here whining about it, so I'm I'm not going to take you through all the gory details. Phone lines are open, 
888-900-0746 if you want to give us a shout and let us know what you thought about any of the topics of the day or certainly the one that riled me the most, and that's the police silence in light of the Washington Capitol Police abusing children. And that was abuse. That was abuse. No doubt in my mind. But that's the kind of country we live in where the supposed law enforcement stops people from singing the nation's anthem in the nation's capital, the people's house. Just think of all of those things in one in one lump sum and you realize the despicable behavior of those cops. It's just unbelievable. It just shows you how the police state has taken over this country, and it's not a positive one. They are against us. I've always said if the police or the rank-and-file military are for us, we're okay. The police are clearly not for us. That's been on display now for a long time. The police are against us. We know that. We know it with so many different examples. There's just too many to enumerate, but I'll give you a couple more. It's the police who carry out the corrupt orders of the Department of Justice. It's the FBI police officers who carry out the corrupt orders of the FBI. So don't give me any of this nonsense you were following orders. That's what the Nazis said. And nobody bought into that, right? Nobody excused the behavior of Heinrich Himmler because he's, I was just following orders. So why do, we, why do we excuse the behavior of cops who carry out corrupt orders? I don't. I don't excuse it for one second. And for a guy who's long been a defender of cops, I have nothing good to say about cops right now. Nothing. I think they're despicable people. I really do. That's not to say that I don't have a great respect for the retired cops who did the job the right way, who risked their lives every morning, every day. Cops don't risk their lives today. They don't even go into trouble situations. They just leave them alone. And I'm probably generalizing. I'm sure there are some hero cops out there right now. But I'll tell you what, I'm so fed up with their behavior as a group that it's it just it just overshadows any individual heroism. It's just it's just so sickening. And even those, even those heroes who do go where the bullets are flying, why aren't they standing up? Why aren't they saying to any microphone they can find, this is despicable behavior on the part of the Washington Capitol Police? And where are all the political hacks? Let me tell you something. Those Republican politicians will suck up to the Washington Capitol Police so badly that you've, you've, you've never seen anything like it. Their thinking is, God, if we say anything bad about the Washington Capitol Police, they won't protect us. They don't protect you anyway. According to the liberals, I mean, look at they let all those insurrectionists into the Capitol. They put your lives in danger. And, of course, I'm saying all of that tongue-in-cheek. But it's just gotten to the point now where I'm sick of it. By the way, a good friend of mine who is a retired police officer sent me a text to <laughs> give me the acronym, the LGBTQIA exclamation point, question mark, uh, period, comma. Here's what the IA stands for. Intersex, asexual, aromantic, agender. <laughs> it's like they sit around all day and think of the most whack job terms they can come up with and then throw them into this alphabet soup equation that we are all supposed to stand up and salute. 
If you want to drive me further away, you've done it. Okay, I didn't care about gay people, didn't care what they lived by, didn't, it's their own private business. They make it our business by their big mouths, they do that. And then they make it our business by this kind of crap. They make it our business by uh, states like Mississippi, down in Biloxi, flying the gay pride flag. Out in Arizona, that uh, wonderful patriot Katie Hobbs, you know, the one who stole the election from Kerry Lake. She flies, this is going to be hard for you to swallow, and so if you're a service person, probably don't want to hear about it. But she is flying the gay pride flag. In fact, she placed multiple pride flags at the Capitol above the American flag and above the Arizona state flag. I didn't say that incorrectly. She placed the gay pride flag above the United States flag and above the state of Arizona flag. That's sickening. And if you wonder why people get pissed off at the gay community, that's why. And while we realize she's not a member of the gay community, I don't hear any anyone, not one person, just like with the cops, I don't hear one gay person stand up and say, that's wrong. That's not what we're looking for. We just want to be accepted and we'll shut our big mouths, but they won't do that. But if one of them had the courage, one of them, one gay person had the courage to come out and tell the truth and say that hanging a gay pride flag with the American flag and the state flag, in fact, hanging it above them is wrong and they don't agree with it. I'd have so much respect for that person, it would be unending. But I know they never will. Just like no cop will come out on his own or her own and say that the Washington Capitol Police is an embarrassment, a national embarrassment. So you got two groups who are both spineless, who both have cowards among their ranks, and both have disgraced the United States. It's pretty simple. So I apologize to the veterans on behalf of the state of Arizona, which is nothing but a rogue state and should be. Look, I'm starting. I'm starting. Not not just secession by choice. We need secession by edict. We need Arizona gone. We need California gone. We need Illinois gone. We need Oregon and Washington gone. We need New York gone. We need New Jersey, Massachusetts. Get your own country. We're as sick of you as you are of us. We believe in all the fundamental rights in the Constitution and that the Founding Fathers enumerated long, long ago, long before you were here. That's what we believe in. You don't like that. It's your choice. We're not going to execute you. We're not going to call you names. We're going to tell you to get lost. You're a liberal. Get lost. Liberal, lost. Simple. We're back fighting the good fight again tomorrow morning right here in the window world. STL-cars.com, King's Court. Right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Don't forget the uh, podcast will be on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google. Any place you hear podcasts, as long as you can hear it on Spotify. I can't because they've effed up my account, but we'll get it straight. We'll see you all tomorrow. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. (laughs) 